0: Welcome, you are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. AINC Programming is brought to you in part by Weissman Family Dental in Boulder, Colorado. For over 25 years, Weissman Family Dental has been providing high-quality dentistry, They offer regular checkups, emergency care, and a wide range of specialty services. They also have staff that speak Spanish. If you are looking for a new dentist, find them at weissmanfamilydental.com or call them at 303-494-0101. And tell them, Audio Information Network of Colorado sent you. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, June 1st, 2023 reading of the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. News, Boulder Beef, rash of official complaints has City Council considering making it harder to file grievances by Shea Castle, Boulder Beat, June 1, 2023. Boulderites have been griping about the local government since time immemorial, but official complaints submitted with a signed affidavit and required by law to be investigated by in-house attorneys or independent counsel, have been relatively rare in recent years. City council went years with only the odd complaint, weathering numerous political storms. Even an ill-advised reference to the Holocaust by an elected official drew no formal censure. Remonstrances were limited to speeches and op-eds. That changed last year when grievances started rolling in. Since mid-January, the city has fielded 10 official complaints, and they haven't stopped yet. The tsunami has led city council members to suggest the complaint process needs tweaking, Community members, including those who have filed recent complaints, say the uptick reflects the city's wanton disregard for its own rules and council's political naivete. As Boulder's leaders contemplate change, they will have to achieve a delicate balance, crafting a complaint process that works as an open, accessible avenue for accountability but can't be abused by disgruntled residents to dispatch decisions they disagree with. Five down, three to go. Half the complaints filed this year were related to the by now well-detailed appointment of Lisa Sweeney Moran to Boulder's Police Oversight Panel, POP. Two were dismissed as meritless, two were upheld, resulting in the removal of Sweeney Moran from the group, which then ceased review of new cases in protest. The only outstanding complaint involves uniformed Boulder police officers attending a city council discussion about Sweeney Moran, a possible violation of BPD policy. That is being investigated by the police standards unit. Max Weller, a formerly unhoused man who resides in a residential care facility, on May 19 notified the city of his intent to file a complaint against members of the police oversight panel for their partial work stoppage, he said. The complaint has not been formally accepted, according to Weller, as it must be, in certified in person. Non-pop complaints were miscellaneous council member Nicole Speer drew two both tossed out for testifying at the state house in support of safe drug use sites her colleague matt benjamin was accused of harassing and intimidating a woman who attempted to publish a photo of his house to social media site next door the home turned out to be a neighbor's that was thrown out as his accuser does not reside in Boulder. Complainants must live in the city. Two complaints are still outstanding. Their substance related to matters that predate the POP drama. Proof, some say, that the system is working as intended. The new MO. The first concerns a planned modular home factory a multi-year project pursued by the city and Flatirons Habitat for Humanity. The facility will assemble modular houses to replace aging and energy inefficient mobile homes in the Ponderosa community. Resident opposition began almost as soon as Boulder announced the site last fall. A Boulder Valley School District, BVSD, property on 63rd and Arapaho, home to the district's food production facility, technical education center, and Arapaho Ridge High School. A lawsuit was filed in February, and in late April, an official complaint followed. The complaint names three city staff accusing them of improperly representing BVSD and the city at a hearing. Senior planner Jay Suddenet and misrepresenting facts about an environmental review. Shelley Conley and Kristen Heiser, both in the city's housing department at the time, Heiser has since been named executive director of Broomfield Housing Authority. Given the involvement of city staff, an outside attorney was appointed to investigate. David Vogel will charge the city $250 per hour up to $10,000 to review the complaint according to a city spokesperson. A A complaint against Councilman Bob Yates will also receive an independent look, though no one has been contracted yet. The complaints revolves around Yates' newsletter, Boulder Bulletin, Sent from his official city email alleging Yates violates the city's privacy policy by automatically subscribing people who email city council. This is not the first time residents have questioned Yates' practices. While his colleagues debated the content of his newsletter in July 2022, residents at the time told Boulder Beat they had started receiving Boulder Bulletin. After emailing city council, city attorneys at the time declined to comment on the matter, though former city attorney Tom Carr told Boulder Beat it was quote, "perfectly legal," unquote, to populate a mailing list with the email addresses of residents who contact the city because communications to council are public record. Yet an open record request by residents for the same email addresses were denied under the city's privacy policies, according to the complaint. Open records also revealed a request from an election campaign group, Keep Our Libraries, for Yates to share his mailing list. Yates, who has twice declined to be interviewed on this subject, has denied that he shared his contact list with the Keep Our Libraries campaign. He characterized the complaint as a political tactic, lumping it in with all the others. Quote, Code of conduct complaints seem to be the new MO for people who don't like what a council member says or does or how they vote, regardless of the law or ethics. Unquote. Yates wrote in response to a request for comment quote, that's a bit concerning regardless of who the complaints are filed against unquote. clearly broken the day after Boulder Beat contacted Yates about the complaint against him he sent a hotline post the public email service used by city officials lamenting the, quote, rash of complaints, unquote, and calling for reform to prevent complaints intended to, quote, stifle or intimidate, unquote, city leaders and employees, quote, in addition to the intimidation and embarrassment imposed on the subject of a complaint, unquote, Yates wrote, quote, a complaint takes significant resources away from the city attorney's office as they deal with each complaint that is filed, Boulder spent $20,000 investigating four of the five police oversight-related complaints, and while staff time is not being tracked, the city attorney's office estimates it has spent, quote, about 60 hours of time for attorneys and their team, in addition to time by the city clerk and her office. Unquote. City spokesperson Sarah Huntley wrote in response to emailed questions. Members of the POP also noted the very public criticism faced by Sweeney Moran, as well as fears that they might draw complaints. Quote, do I want to voice my opinion and then city council puts me on the spot like Lisa was? Unquote. Maria Soledad Diaz said at POP's May 10 meeting. Quote, As a woman of color, I don't want to be there. Unquote. Quote, Let them file more complaints, Unquote. Sam Zhang said. Quote, The complaint process is clearly broken. There will be complaints no matter what. That is the city's problem, unquote. Muck in the gears. Several members share Yates' concern about the money and time being expended on complaints. Mayor Aaron Brockett, Rachel Friend, Tara Weiner, Lauren Fulkerts, and Matt Benjamin responded to requests from Boulder Beat to discuss possible changes, all said they'd like more vetting before an investigation is required. Drawing those lines will be tricky and will need heavy involvement from city attorneys. Unless there is, quote, low-hanging fruit, like language changes, it's unlikely council will tackle it this year, Benjamin said in an interview. Beyond Yates' email, council has not yet asked staff to explore the issue further. That would require an informal nod of five vote. One possibility is an external ethics board or commission, which other cities employ. But Boulder is already struggling to recruit civilians to serve on its many resident groups, and said earlier this year it might eliminate some. Quote, There's a danger, unquote, of being too reactionary to what might be, quote, a temporary fad, unquote, Benjamin said. Although open to pursuing changes, he's still unsure if the surgeon complaints represent legitimate issues with the process or people trying, quote, to throw muck in the gears, unquote, of a relatively new majority progressive council. The fact that so few complaints have been upheld might discourage further filings, he said, quote, once people realize the futility, it might fade back into the ether, unquote. Complainants, of course, think their grievances deserve to be judged on their own merit. Quote, I don't think you truly give them validation by lumping them and saying, quote, we've got complainers, unquote, said Dana Hessel, who filed the complaint against city staffers over the modular home factory. Quote, there's reasons people make complaints, unquote, Hessel said. Quote, you can't make the complaint process harder. You need to make the adherence to rules, regulations, and policies more responsive. Unquote. Katie Lacroix thinks the system is working just fine, despite having her complaint a bit against Benjamin dismissed. Quote, I think anyone should be free to complain about anything they want. Unquote. Lacroix wrote in response to emailed questions: quote, "The city has checks and balances in place to vet claims that don't meet the standard for further consideration, and I respect this. Unquote. Lacroix attributes the volume of complaints to the city council's quote "green bench, unquote, of relative political newcomers. If anything, she'd like to see the process made easier for residents to understand, suggesting an FAQ section or instructional video. Quote Any language or attitude that promotes making complaining more arduous puts a crimp in a necessary democratic process. Shea Castle is the founder of Boulder Beat, an online news site dedicated to deep-dive journalism on local issues. News, Prison System Logic, Who Really Stands to Gain from Prison Agriculture Programs? By Kaylee Harder, June 1, 2023. When James Moore was incarcerated at Four Mile Correctional Facility in Canyon City, Colorado, he spent his weekdays riding on the back of a truck, tossing hay to horses or walking from stable to stable to water them. Moore was a part of the Wild Horse Inmate Program, a Colorado Correctional Industries, CCI, project in which incarcerated individuals care for, tame, and saddle-train mustangs that have never had human contact. Sometimes people were injured getting bucked from a horse or falling from a truck, but still it was one of the better prison work programs, Moore says. It allowed him to get out and being around the animals was nice. It was also one of the highest paying jobs in the facility. Moore estimates he made about $315 per month, more than the average but still barely enough to get by. In some years, incarcerated people have generated more than $6 million for CCI through agribusiness programs, milking cows, water buffalo, and goats, harvesting thousands of tons of crops, and training horses. Workers in, quote, non-industry, unquote, prison jobs according to the Prison Policy Institute, make as little as 14 cents a day. Some states, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, and Texas, pay nothing. Proponents of prison agriculture programs claim they encourage rehabilitation, reduce recidivism, promote mental health, and provide job training. Former inmates, like Moore, have a more nuanced take. Quote, When you get in that situation, it's kind of a mind manipulation, he says. Like, oh, we're offering you to go outside. We're offering you to be around horses. We're offering you to get out of prison for a little bit. Unquote. Researchers at Colorado State University's Prison Agriculture Lab are taking a deeper look into different types of prison agriculture programs nationwide to build a clearer picture of who these programs actually benefit and how they reinforce the prison system and negative stereotypes about incorporated people. Joshua Sbika, one of the lab's co-directors, says, quote, when you start to ask more questions and pull back the layers, it really shines a much harsher light on what's going on. It should force us to question not just prison agriculture, but the logic of the prison system itself, unquote. In a first-of-its-kind data set published in the journal Agriculture and Human Values, CSU's Prison Agriculture Lab found that more than 660 adult state prisons across the country had agricultural programs, nearly 60% of all state prisons. The team spent two years researching government data, annual reports, and interviews with the Colorado Department of Corrections, DOC, prison wardens and administrators. The lab defines agricultural programs broadly, including field crop farming, food processing, animal agriculture, landscaping, beekeeping, and equine programs. By design, labor in prisons with little to no pay is nothing new. When the 13th Amendment banned slavery and involuntary servitude in 1865, it included an exemption for those held in confinement due to criminal conviction. Because of this, the American Civil Liberties Union says incarcerated people are under, quote, complete control, unquote, of their employers, quote, lose the right to refuse to work, unquote, and lack protections against labor exploitation. Spica says nearly every prison in the country requires inmates to work, and while only 2% of the nation's prison population works in agricultural programs, they're, quote, "...fundamental to the development of the American prison system." Unquote. While it's illegal to sell most prison-made goods across state lines, Federal law has exempted agriculture since the 1930s. An an investigation by food-focused outlet The Counter in 2021 found that more than $40 million in transactions occurred between private food companies and prison agriculture programs since 2017, including major corporations like Cargill and the Dairy Farmers of America. Justin Allen, who now works as a community organizer at an Albuquerque-based nonprofit, was incarcerated in New Mexico for 17 years and worked on a now-closed farm at Central New Mexico Correctional Facility in 2013. Allen's work on the farm usually involved cutting down trees and other vegetation in the heat of summer to help with fire prevention, or standing in water up to his knees for hours as part of an irrigation project. Quote, there's no refusing. Even if you get sick, you get a write-up. You get a misconduct report if you don't show up, unquote, he says. He estimates he was paid between 10 cents and $1 an hour. Allen says, none of this is broken. It's by design. Cheap labor is incentive for mass incarceration, unquote. <clears throat> Dominique Vodica was first incarcerated in Colorado in 2001 and was in and out of prison for the next 15 years. She participated in a variety of work programs while incarcerated, including canine and cosmetology programs. According to Vodica, There's no sure bet you'll get a job after release, no matter the type of training you've had. Quote, some employers don't even go against your convictions. They go against charges. Unquote. She says, quote, I went to Petco because I'm a master dog trainer. I've trained service dogs, totally experienced, and they say they're a second chance employer. They told me because of my background, they would not hire me, <clears throat> Colorado in Flux. In 2018, Colorado's Amendment A re- removed verbiage in the state constitution that permitted slavery and involuntary servitude as punishment for a crime, which Sabika with CSU, says is changing the landscape of prison agriculture in Colorado. Quote, We're in this really interesting flux period where it's hard to say what work behind bars looks like going forward, but it's definitely had an impact on a lot of agricultural operations. Unquote, he says. There have been at least two lawsuits challenging the constitutionality of prison work requirements since the passage of the amendment in 2022. A new law, SB 22-50, promised minimum wage to inmates participating in the Colorado Correctional Industries Take-Two Program transitional work opportunity, A day release program that allows inmates to work off site with various employers. At the time of the bill's passage, only about 100 of Colorado's roughly 16,000 inmates participated in the program. But CCI's website currently says the program is on pause. The law also removed the requirements for CCI to be profitable. CCI is a for-profit prison work program run by the state's Department of Corrections. Its programs offer incarcerated people pay and, quote, technical advancement similar to that found in private employment, unquote, according to the CCI website. Inmates eligible for CCI programs can work in a number of capacities, including image processing for toll roads, metalworking, leather goods, metal manufacturing, canine training, and coffee roasting. Many of DOC's agricultural programs have historically been run by CCI. At the time of CSU's data collection in 2019 and 2020, Every state prison in Colorado had some type of agriculture program. <clears throat> However, DOC and CCI have transitioned away from many of the agricultural programs, quote, in an effort to continue seeking out and providing marketable job skills that translate to real world local economies, while also allowing for financial sustainability within each individual program. according to an emailed response from Annie Skinner, a spokesperson for Colorado DOC. CCI's agricultural programs faced scrutiny in 2015 when consumers protested at Whole Foods across the country in response to the grocer sourcing goat cheese in tilapia from CCI. The uproar led to a pledge from Whole Foods to stop sourcing foods produced by prison labor. CCI later ended its cow, goat, and water buffalo dairy programs in 2021, 2019, and 2022, respectively. But there's still a hay farming program at Four Mile Correctional Center in Canyon City. Skinner says the shift away from agricultural business was part of an effort to increase wages in prison and increase access to higher-paying jobs after incarceration. Quote, The majority of incarcerated individuals releasing back into our communities are going back to urban areas where agricultural opportunities are not as prevalent. Unquote, Skinner writes. "...our goal is to provide training and opportunities that allow inmates the best chance of success upon release, because we know having a job lowers the chances an individual will commit a new crime." Skinner did not respond to questions about how the hay farm would better prepare inmates for their release than the agriculture programs that have ceased operations. According to Skinner, CCI's average daily wage has increased from $5.58 per day to $10.98 per day over the course of the past year and a half. Rehabilitative to what? Moore, who worked in the horsing training program, now owns his own business and works as a peer mentor at the Reentry Initiative, a Longmont based nonprofit that offers wraparound support to formerly incarcerated people as they reenter the community. He says there are some benefits to the HORSE program and prison work programs in general. He says, quote, I feel like it's good for just building character for people who obviously haven't been in a work environment in a while. It's getting them the opportunity to wake up, get dressed, get yourself together, and actually go get ready to go to work. And I think that's a good thing, definitely. Just being out at a facility and seeing the horses and getting to do something different than being in prison are also pluses, unquote. At the same time, Moore says, quote, they're also a business. I don't think work programs are just there to rehabilitate people. They're there to keep people incarcerated to do the sentence, Allen, the former New Mexican inmate, says fair wages and access to education are the key to reducing recidivism. Quote, by devaluing our work, It reinforces the same behavior that put us there in the first place, unquote, he says. Quote, If people have a work ethic and they can know the value of their work, then they come out with some sort of stability, especially if you're able to save up before you get out, unquote, he says. While it might be tempting to think of some prison work programs as exploitive and others as rehabilitative, the CSU researchers want to rethink that binary. Quote, "Rehabilitative to what?" Unquote. asks Carrie Chenault, co-director of the Prison Agriculture Lab. Quote, "Agriculture is a sector where employment labor has not received the same types of protections as benefits as other sectors in the economy," she says. Noting low pay and precarious working conditions, why is the quote, why is this the type of work that society deems people who are incarcerated deserve? Allen worked at a plant nursery after his release and can attest to this. Quote, It was minimum wage, it was no benefits, it was a seasonal job, so you weren't really getting 40 hours a week, except for in the hot summer months when they really need you, unquote, he says. Chennault and Sabika also note the way class and racial inequities play into the prison system and the work programs they offer, as well as how these programs reinforce those inequities. When you think of who makes up prisons and jails, disproportionately people of color, disproportionately poor people, the underlying message there is that these people who are already marginalized, they're fit for this kind of work. They deserve this kind of work, unquote, Sabika says. Accountability without a cage. Sabika and Chenault, say the lab is working to collect even more data and to expand education on prison agriculture they also want to work to center the voices of people who are incarcerated and put the benefits of these programs being outside working with your hands and watching something grow into a larger context by asking new questions like whether a prison is the right place for these types of programs or if other spaces should be created to take on those tasks. Sabika says that incarceration is, quote, ultimately untenable, unquote. Addressing that fact, he says, is a more imaginative project. The goal, he says, is, quote, building alternative modes of safety and care that are non-putative, and show our communities can take care of each other and hold each other accountable without having to cage each other, unquote. Opinion. Be careful, Coach Prime. Don't get pimped by MAGA. By Desi Cortez, June 1, 2023. Around the clock, commercial radio station KOA 850 AM pumps out what can only be considered racist, sexist, elitist, and xenophobic white male supremacist propaganda that directly and indirectly targets African Americans and other Americans of color, as well as progressive women from all walks of life. Nonetheless, commentary on the University of Colorado Buffalo's football team, along with the NFL's Denver Broncos, draws in a major slice of the listening audience on Saturdays and Sundays. KOA is exploiting CU Boulder football coach Dion Sanders' black buffs, black men unknowingly doing the heavy lifting, getting their hands dirty, and in the long run, enriching filthy rich white male aristocrats who, along with the KKK, Proud Boys and Oath Keepers support Trump's efforts to return America to being a separate and unequal nation. Black men naively helping, quote, conservative, unquote, if not 1861, quote, Confederate-minded, unquote, white men, rake in millions of dollars. Tragically, pimping is easy. Sanders most likely isn't hip to some of the white supremacist shenanigans that are going on around him. But someone ought to tell him how his gridiron program is being exploited by Rocky Mountain good old boys who publicly hold gutter low opinions of black folks and other racial minorities, as well as independent minded white women iHeart Media's flagship operation KOA along with sister station 630 KHOW is home to an assortment of hosts and callers who belittle black and brown people. We are the infinite source for all of white America's societal ills and woes. However, there are virtually no liberal, progressive-minded people of color in their lineup who counter this narrative. No one to defend nor offer a different perspective. And that's a crime against freedom and democracy, my friends. Understand this. I'm one of the last to sit behind a KOA mic and articulate the popular opinions of black and tan folks. And that was more than 20 years ago. This silence is not by happenstance, coincidence or pure chance. No, this quarter-long century void is strategic, deliberate, and politically tactical. The tragedy is apparent to everyone. All you have to do is listen, and you'll discover KOA sounds like a 1962 White Citizens Council meeting. Black men can toss a pass run a power sweep, and catch a deep bomb, yet we can't comment on women's rights, the economy, global issues, or national politics. We are to be, quote, seen but not heard, unquote. Just shut up and run, boy. CU, the athletic program, the president's office, the college newspaper, and the board of regents are willingly and knowingly facilitating this highly exploitative relationship, allowing KOA to utilize black athletes to further the the anti-black agenda of the Make America Great slash White Again, MAGA, movement, which dominates the AM airwaves. Call it, quote, hate radio, quote. I do, and so do millions more, but local mainstream media outlets won't. Go figure. Forgive me, but I can't sit quietly and let that play out without stating the obvious. The voices coming out of iHeartMedia's KOA and its affiliates are as insulting and belittling of black and brown people as Trump's cult can be. And on the flip side, ownership, and more importantly, their sponsorship base, won't allow any contradicting and challenging voices on the AM airwaves. This isn't complicated at all. The only occasion in which black men can perform on KOA is to run with a ball. Where's the Denver Post, Westward, and all the rest? If this isn't an instance of exploiting people, then what is? How insulting and belittling can it get? Is this a case of, quote, if you don't say anything, neither will I, unquote? It's so very quiet, you can hear a rat piss on cotton. Why should young black men, who the MAGA right brands as public enemy number one, thugs who are always up to no good, underwrite their efforts, now, if Dion isn't instantly competitive and isn't automatically successful, despite the gridiron program being mired in mediocrity, Coach Prime will be a target for a public, quote, lynching, unquote. No different from the Broncos Russell Wilson was this year. The fanatical fans who, when not rooting for their favorite boys, will be rooting for Lord Trump and Ron DeSantis, will want to remove the uppity black males who don't know their assigned inferior place. Talk about a conflict of interest. I've fired off a letter to the CU Athletic Director, Rick George. Let's see what he does. Desi Cortez is a resident of Aurora and longtime columnist. This position does not, this opinion does not necessarily reflect the views of Boulder Weekly. Opinion, letters, June 1, 2023, by readers like you. Regarding Rayback and the Well, the, quote, Yes, homosexuality is a sin, unquote, statement, was first published on the Wells website shortly after it was recorded in Casey Middle School's auditorium on November 6, 2016, as part of a quote, "Gospel Sexuality Panel." Unquote. The recording was available on the church's website at the time the Daily Camera published the April 5, 2023 op-ed about the Well and the Rayback connection but disappeared shortly after all the recent negative publicity started up. Although the Well Church has reorganized their website and reposted many of their older sermon recordings, albeit conveniently without retaining the old links, they have not reposted that sermon. When they do, it will be possible to show another link between certain Rayback founders and the church, so don't hold your breath. Numerous other well sermons speak more generally about, quote, sexual immorality, quote, as a code phrase for LGBTQ relationships or sex outside of marriage. And yes, they are extremely anti-trans. Their pastor elder Chase Davis recently said, quote, it is a fatal mistake to love your neighbor, unquote. The context of this statement was what to do as a confused Christian when your neighbor is trans. Listen at minutes six through eight of their published sermon, City of God, recorded January 9, 2022, at the Rayback Collective. Davis is constantly railing against transgenderism because it interferes with his notions derived from Genesis. In a sermon ironically titled, quote, Peace with God, unquote, recorded in Casey Middle School's auditorium on May 20, 2018, Matt Patrick compared the vast majority of all Boulder folks who don't subscribe to his religious beliefs as, quote, terrorist cells in the kingdom of God, unquote. It's not all metaphorical or theological fun and games. These pastors regularly mislead their audiences by claiming that everything they say is, quote, reality, unquote. If they keep it all to themselves and their flock, it wouldn't matter so much. But unlike most other churches in Boulder, these guys publish their sermons for anyone in the world to listen to or watch on the Internet, also known as the public square. God help a gay or trans kid in a family brought up under this ugly, hateful, and ignorant church's tutelage. These pastors' language is immoral because it leads to youth suicides. That the language is religiously motivated isn't an excuse. This was an online comment from Boulder Weekly under the username Brainchild. Cuisine. Good taste. The main thing. Ruthie's Boardwalk Social keeps it comfy by Colin Wren, June 1, 2023. Peter Waters knows keeping it simple works. He's the managing partner at T slash Akko, but also runs Ruthie's Boardwalk Social, which serves just shy of 10 variations of grilled cheese sandwiches from a walk up window on the corner of 14th and Pearl. Quote, people joke that quesadillas are the nexus of my universe, unquote, Waters says. During the winter, folks can also order tomato soup. In the summer, the team trades the soup pots out for a soft serve machine twice-fried Belgian-style fries are available, but not much else," quote. "We had success with T/ako, focusing on one item with a variety of offerings," unquote, Waters says. Ruthie's sells the classic with American and white cheese and mayo for just over $5. There's the Mahalo with smoked gouda, white cheddar, ham and grilled pineapple, and an Italian caprice with fresh mozzarella, sliced tomatoes, and pesto. Everything comes smashed between a couple of thick slices from the Harvest Moon Baking Company. But there's more to Waters' formula than just peddling plays on the classics. Ruthie's is an ode to his maternal grandmother, who he spent summers with growing at a Growing up at a beach house in Manasquan, New Jersey, Quote, My grandma would get up at God knows what hour to make breakfast, unquote. Often preparing fantastic spreads for as many 20, as 25 people, Waters says, Quote, She possessed a hospitality unlike anything I understood, unquote. He's since come to more than understand hospitality with t slash Akko and Ruthies, both acting as clear expressions of water's boots-on-the-ground approach. While he's more visible at T-slash-Akko, Ruthies still builds on a philosophy that suggests food is about more than just the ingredients. Quote, with the ordering experience here, we have roughly 45 seconds to make an impression on our guests, unquote, he says. He's made sure that exchange is a good one. Manning the expo window at Ruthie's is often Dan Scott, a T slash regular who has become part owner and operator. He's as welcoming as they come and clearly not only understands but accelerates the place's gracious ethos. All the sandwiches are made on an impinger convection conveyor belt. Quote, The first and last sandwich we make will be identical. It gives us a chance to hire people based on personality rather than kitchen skills. Unquote, Waters says. Even with the uniformity, the meals are still clearly crafted with care. Ruthie's opened in 2018 as a collaboration between Waters and Josh Chesterson, who has since gone on to act as Culinary Director for Modern Restaurant Concepts, the folks behind Mod Market. Waters says Ruthie's was dreamed up in a year where turmoil and unpredictability reigned supreme, quote, at the time we were looking in the realm of comfort food, unquote, he says. The menu's simplicity intended to be a calculated act of kindness. Just enough choices, but not too many. Last summer, Ruthie's extended its reach, opening outposts at both the Boulder Reservoir and at the Scott Carpenter Pool concession stand. While the reservoir was only a one year deal, it will be returning to Scott Carpenter for the duration of this summer, serving a limited menu with an increased focus on prepackaged snacks. Quote, It's an awesome way to get to know the middle and high school crowd, unquote, says Waters. A few kids have gone on to work at the stand. Ruthie's captures the simple pleasure and nostalgia a grilled cheese can bring, delivering a menu that pays tribute to the sandwich's nearly universal appeal. For best results, wash it down with a house-made mango lemonade. Entertainment, Arts and Culture Dear Whole Foods Daddy, June 1, 2023 Your Burning Boulder Questions Asked and Answered by Gabby Vermeer. We all have questions and need advice, but sometimes the pseudo-therapy in the Instagram stories of astrology girls doesn't cut it. Or maybe the gatekeeping culture of adventure bros has you fearing the judgment that comes with revealing yourself as a newbie at anything This advice column exists to hold space for you and your bolder queries, especially the uncool ones. Why is it so dry here? If you want a literal meteorological answer to this question, you could always pose it to the geekiest looking, but in a hot way, scientist at NCAR, and they might say something about air pressure, altitude, blah, blah, yawn. However, our semi-arid climate actually serves a far more fundamental and cultural purpose. At the end of the day, our mutual experiences of having permanently dried out mucous membranes or the transcendent smell in the air after the first real afternoon thunderstorm of spring are the only things holding our socially and economically fractured community together. Why is it so dry here? Because no amount of therapy can ever match the comfort of speaking to a bolder dad in line at the grocery store about how much we needed that moisture. I can't keep working. What's the best place to find a sugar mama? Listen, we weren't born to work until we die. For the young, broke, and adorable, it's totally ethical to use these qualities for some extra income. I say if a lonely older fella wants to buy me a glass of wine and then act super weird and avoid eye contact whenever he sees me in Whole Foods thereafter, that's just a respectful transaction. The literal answer is pretty obvious. Looking for a lady who has disposable wealth, doesn't think too hard about how she spends it, and is easily manipulated? A white woman at wonder has already been manipulated into spending as much money on an itty-bitty grain-free cookie as you do on lunch and dinner combined. It's time for her to do her part for the wage slaves out there and start being manipulated by your cute overworked booty. If you wear short enough shorts, you can even ask mommy for some adaptogenic mushrooms in your latte. Bonus points if you convince Sugar Mama that you're a professional astrology and charge her for these services as well. How are people in their 20s meeting friends outside of dating apps? Acquire a seat near an outlet during peak crowded time at the Trident and leverage your scarce and valuable resource to reel in a study pal. Join a church, join a cult, Join a culty church. Join an ecstatic dance group that you find out later is also a cult. Volunteer for a cause that you find meaningful and meet like-minded people. Hey, these answers don't have to be sarcastic. Was Boulder always secretly conservative and I just didn't notice? Or has something changed? It's hard to conceive that the OG hipster Buddhists who scrambled the flat irons on acid in the 70s and 80s turned into boomers making next door posts that could be mistaken for the most unhinged Fox News headlines. Similarly, for a county that went for 64, that went 64 percent to Bernie Sanders in 2016. Boulder has far too many bumble guys identifying as moderate, though this might be a misguided attempt to gain broad appeal in the dating pool. Rising income inequality and the heated discussions around it have simply brought to light what always lurked in the hashtag resist neoliberal shadows. The excesses of the Reagan era may have ultimately seduced the baby boomers to sell out, but they were probably always a little racist to begin with. Got a burning Boulder question or conundrum. Message at Whole Foods Daddy on Instagram or email letters at boulderweekly.com with the subject line, Dear Whole Foods Daddy. Events. Native plant and seed swap. Saturday, June 3, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Unitarian Universalist Church of Boulder, 5001 Pennsylvania Avenue, Boulder, 80303. Free. Everything is free, and you don't even have to bring anything to take home a carload of happiness for your yard. We are encouraging native plants, but of course everything is welcome from ground cover to eggplants. Start some seeds now and keep a lookout for volunteers that you can pot up and share. As always, make sure you can guarantee that your contributions are free from neonicotinoids and other toxic applications. And please take the time to label so peeps know what they have when they get home. Hosted by Boulder County Beekeepers Association, Sierra Club, People and Pollinators Action Network, and Pollinator Advocates. Event contact is Leslie Ratica, LRATICA, L-R-A-T-I-C-A, at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us for the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling three zero three seven eight six seven 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 seven.